Hello and welcome to Final Games, a podcast about the games that inspired us. I'm your host, as always, Liam Edwards, and thank you for joining me for the 60th episode of the show. 60 episodes! How crazy is it getting? You join me this week as we get ready to banish our 60th member to the deserted realms of Final Games. But he also happens to be our third ever voice actor on the show. Keen listeners of the show will know that towards the end of last year we had the wonderful Ray Chase, voice actor for Noctis from Final Fantasy XV on the show. And I'm very excited to say that today we get to complete one half of the wonderful Final Fantasy XV boy unit with everyone's favourite photography-obsessed blonde darling. My guest, however, though, is a much-accomplished voice actor with a career dating back all the way to 2004. His voice is featured in games such as Watch Dogs, Final Fantasy Typo HD, Xenoblade Chronicles X, Trails of Cold Steel 2, Tales of Zestiria, and most recently Persona 5, and of course, he captured all of our hearts as the lovable Prompto in Final Fantasy XV. He's also featured in a whole host of anime, cartoons, and movies as well. I've recently been enjoying his performance as Tobin in the most recent Fire Emblem entry, Shadows of Valencia. My guest has been incredibly busy, and recently though, with last week's release of the Episode Prompto DLC for Final Fantasy XV, which I imagine some of you have already dived straight into as we get to find out a heck of a lot more about our favourite blonde boy. I'm very excited to say that joining me this week is the incredibly talented and lovely Mr. Robbie Damon. Hi Robbie! Hey, what's up? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. That was uh that was the loveliest intro I've ever been given. That was uh, that was really nice. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Wow, it's great to have you on the show, and it's something I've been trying for a long time now, which is to try and get more voice actors on the show because I've I feel like especially as you know video games have progressed with technology, we've had this ability now, you know, since the famed Metal Gear Solid game. Um, to have voice actors in video games and you become sort of these almost sort of cult heroes among an industry where, you know, usually we fame like developers and stuff like that. So it's yeah. amazing to have more voice actors on the show. So thank you for coming on. Well, I'm glad to be here. I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, we're in them. We might as well talk about them. Exactly, right? And especially uh, at this time now with, oh God, was it a few days ago now? I think it was last Thursday. Um where, you know, a whole DLC all about your character, Prompto, came out for Final Fantasy XV. Has it been exciting to sort of see the feedback of that? Yeah, it's been really uh, positive so far, so that's good. Nobody wants to release a big, you know, stinker right out of the gate for their first, like, main <laughs> DLC. But, um, no, people seem to really be enjoying it. Now, these are, like, you know, my fans and stuff on, on Twitter and all that stuff, so they could be lying to me, but I don't think so. I think they really like it. <laughs> no, it's uh, funny because I feel like the everything I've seen so far has been, like, really positive about it. Like, people have been surprised, considering how different it looked the trailer yeah. it was very guns heavy kind of not very final fantasy ish looking but yeah, quite a departure for yeah. uh, for for that yeah it, for the you know sword melee sort of thing that they had going on in the the main game yeah yeah exactly and it's weird like the, it's been super positive and incredible which is great so have you personally been quite busy because of it or has your work had your work already been done quite a while ago and you're just sort of been waiting for the release 
Yeah, uh, we finished it, uh, I want to say, like, uh, maybe a few months ago. Uh, you know, they have to have time to polish after the performance is done. And um, we're on such a tight time schedule with Japan because we're on a simultaneous release that, uh, you know, everything actually happens pretty quick uh, for, for when it comes out. So even though we've worked, been working on the game for, you know, two years or so, the, the DLC stuff's been, uh, we've been seeing it pretty quickly after we record it. So that's been a lot of fun. That's excellent. So let's talk a little bit about Final Fantasy XV then, because it's still fresh in so many people's memories, especially now with the Prompto DLC coming out. How was it after all this time and working hard? Because I remember speaking to Ray last year about it, and mm. it was during the whole sort of tornado of the game's release and everything like that. How has it been from, you know, the the whirlwind of the game being released to now sort of, you know, six months later with everything sort of dying down a little and then picking back up with the DLC? I, it's fun. It, it kind of feels like we never really stopped you know we finished the game pretty 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 late in the game once it was uh by the time it came out and then it was dlc like right off the bat so i'm kind of used to getting those phone calls every six weeks or two months or whatever and it's great it's like uh it's like slipping into a an old suit that's just uh very comfortable so um you know it's this same crew we've been working with for for the main game we're working on the dlc so uh so yeah i'm, I'm you know yeah i don't know maybe let's turn it into an mmo why not it'll just go on forever i'll play prompto till i'm 90 yeah why not keep that boyish charm going in, through the old age <laughs> well <laughs> well it's been crazy because also we've seen you in like you know massive rpgs like persona 5 has come mm -hmm. out, and mm -hmm. I personally, as a huge Fire Emblem fan, I've been playing through Shadows of Valentia, and you know, you're part of the main cast of characters in that as well. Has that yeah. work been interspersed between the Final Fantasy stuff as well? Because those two games are a little more recent than Persona Five. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's all. It's interesting with with video games because we finish them relatively quickly. You know, we burn through a lot of cues really quick, and though we're treating it with, you know, care and artistry, we like to think, uh, they all becomes kind of a blur of what you did when. So, yeah, I, we definitely, I definitely the nature of our job is to work on a bunch of different projects uh, at, at the same time. So uh, it's not like we do Final Fantasy and then move on to the next thing. Uh, it's, it's definitely stuff going on simultaneously, for sure. Excellent. So then let's talk a little bit about how you sort of got started doing voice acting then. I mean, even just listening to your sort of normal voice here, I can imagine you've sort of always had a talent and people have always said, man, you've got a really like listenable voice and super enthusiastic <laughs> and awesome. Um, you know, I, did, I didn't always feel that way. You know, it's weird because like uh, I'm kind of a not not heavy set, but I'm like a bigger guy. I'm like six foot, two twenty, and I sound like a you know a skinny fourteen year old. So uh, <laughs> so you know that's tough when you're trying to like yeah, do theater or film or whatever. <laughs> like no one's gonna hire me to play your tough guy. Uh, so you know that was something where I was like, well, how do I utilize my strengths? And um, and uh, voiceover came pretty naturally. I, I got my undergraduate degree in theater performance, and then I got my master's degree uh, also in, uh, in the fine arts in theater. So uh, when I moved out to L.A. when I was 25, it just it seemed like the right move. I, I was always a fan of video games and animation and anime. And, uh, and when, I, 
when I came out here and decided what I was going to pursue, uh, boy, I just slipped into the VO stuff. Uh, it just felt right. So um, I haven't got rid of me yet. I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> and that's great because otherwise we wouldn't have, you know, Prompto. It's amazing. It's kind of like you described yourself as like Prompto inside of Gladio's body kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wish I had <laughs> Gladio's when I try body. And put, when I try and put Gladio's voice to be promptos it, it just doesn't mix very well you know head. i remember i remember when all the promotional stuff came out and the photos came out everybody was like oh that's arden because i was wearing a hat and my hair was all long and like no no the, the big the big brown guys uh, that's yep. actually prompto so uh <laughs> that's, that's the great part about voice acting though we get to be kind of physical chameleons you know so that's that's nice no so limitations me... on your appearance <laughs> so tell me a little bit like what what was it when you moved out to LA then? How how did you get yourself in mm. the door? And what what were like the first couple of projects like compared to now? You know when you're working on these massive franchises like Final Fantasy and Persona and stuff like that. Oh well, you know, my first two weeks out here, I booked a pilot for Warner Brothers, and uh, I was That's like, good. oh man this is going to be easy. <laughs> I'm going to be famous in no time. And then the writer's strike happened and uh, ah. Hollywood just took a big old poop and uh, basically shut down for a year and a half. So uh, it was terrible timing to move to, to Los Angeles. The in, To make it worse, my girlfriend uh, was working in the entertainment industry, or no, I'm sorry, in the uh, music industry. So the music industry was falling apart. The Hollywood was falling apart. So, uh, you know, it was a tough two, first two years of survival. But then um, once I got into it, uh, I found that it was pretty easy to transition out of a survival job and um, and into voiceover full time because sort of once you pull the safety net out from under you, you know, you have no choice but to succeed. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, it's been a long journey. And a lot of my journey began like doing commercials and doing promos and, um, you know, West, some Western animation stuff, like things that pay the bills that you would never know that I was in. So, um, so when it kind of, when it, in the last, I would say like, probably about four years when I started doing roles that uh, have cultural uh, or pop culture significance and they're being recognized, yeah. it's really di- it's really different for me. Uh, to to pe- have people know my work, uh, you know, I was I was on the way to New Zealand with um, Max Middleman, who's a friend and plays, you know, One Punch Man, and yeah. he's also in Final Fantasy and another voice actor, and someone, like, recognized us and just asked for pictures uh, out of the blue. So, <laughs> you know, that that's a weird, that's a weird experience, especially for a voice actor. So, um... I'm grateful for the success that I've had. Yeah. Um, my fa- my fans are all I think maybe it's because I come from positive franchises like Sailor Moon and Final Fantasy. You know, mm. there's not a lot of, you know, hater angry fanboys out there. Uh it's just all been really really pleasant so far. So I, I hope to continue on the same path. Yeah, I imagine it's the same as be- as what's been happening with Ray since we're since recording mm-hmm. episode with Ray last year. I've gotten to know Ray quite well, and we speak quite yeah. often. And he's a great seeing, guy, isn't he? He's amazing. Seeing the like the fan reaction on a daily basis and the community of just like people who make like fan art, people who like mm-hmm. want to cosplay as Noctis and like meet him and stuff like that, and it's just overwhelmingly positive and quite incredible. I imagine. Being the type of, uh, d- being in the type of work that you do, where you know it could be completely 
just commercial based stuff that no one would care like it's just like a voice you hear on the tv you don't have any to being like the voice of a character that potentially might be a character that's super important to someone one day. Like, we all have these characters we sort of look up to and stuff like that. Like, you know, you think off the top of your head, like, Goku and stuff like that. Sure. You know, you, you, you tend to, 10 years down the line, depending, you know, what happens with Final Fantasy Fifteen or a character that you play, there'll be these people who, like, maybe look up to you and are like, wow, you, you voiced, like, my hero character. How has it been receiving that overwhelming, like, fan reaction to it? Oh, well, I, you know, I just sort of embrace it for what it is. And I've always been an entertainer uh, since I, since, you know, I was doing professional theater when I was, you know, a preteen. And yeah. um, my main goal is to bring people enjoyment and entertainment and, uh, you know, maybe a little empathy and, and meaning and and tell stories that stick with people. Yeah. And to be able to do so on such a large scale with something like a video game that sells, you know, you know millions and millions of copies, uh, that's every performer's dream. So as far as the, the fanning out stuff goes about it, I, I like it. I let people just go for it. If, if they find passion in something, I'm I'm all for it. That's why I like to go to conventions and meet the fans and... And stuff like that. It's you know we spend all day locked in a box, uh, so you know doing a, getting a little bit of uh, adulation and uh, applause. Uh, that's never that's never bad for an actor. We 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 need it sometimes. And voice acting, there's not a lot of applause in our day to day work. So to to get it online through Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and then also have it at uh, conventions, it it really does make it all worthwhile. That sounds a little bit saccharine and cheesy, but it's true. It's definitely like a delayed applause. Like you spend months <laughs> right. waiting and then all of a sudden yeah. you walk into like a convention room and just like clapping and woo cheering and you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was well, imagine, that character in that game. <laughs> imagine you did a play and then it was curtain call and then you stood there and waited for a year and a half before you found out whether or not anybody actually liked it or not. You know, I mean, that's, you know, and if... And if they don't, and it's amazing what hits and what doesn't. I mean, some stuff you might really have loved performing, just people that don't gravitate toward for whatever reason. So, yeah, waiting for that feedback, especially on something maybe that you felt didn't go so well, mm-hmm. and then it was, you know, a year later received incredibly positive. You're like, huh, weird. That yeah, it's, is it's, definitely something I can't imagine... I've never had a line of work where something like that would have happened, which is weird. Well, you have moments in the studio where you know it's going well, like the takes are good or, or you know it's going bad. Uh, but but when you, you and a director and a few other actors are your only source of, of feedback, uh, it's really nice to see when something is, is how it's received, uh, good or bad, because that's the way you grow as an actor. So, Excellent. Well... Unfortunately, no, Robbie. Now uh, you're not going to get any feedback at all because we're going to desert you to a no. realm within Final Games, <laughs> and we're going to send you and banish you there. Um, so, <sighs> I mean, it's something you'll be used to being sort of stranded in a box, sort of talking to yourself. I guess. Good point. Good point. So you, I feel like voice actors are maybe trained for such a situation, and you have a whole cast of characters within your sort of head that you can. Mm-hmm 
pretend our personalities on the island. I don't know yeah, how. I'm gonna be. A, I'm gonna be a great crazy person. I'm gonna yeah, do great. You're gonna pretty much <laughs> fall into insanity pretty quickly. Um, but you have chosen eight games to take with you to fall into insanity as well. So I think I it's about time that we jump into the first game then. Let's do it. Excellent. So let's listen to some music from this first game and jump into Robbie's final games. So jumping in to Robbie's final games now, and we're kicking off the first game with an excellent, excellent fighting game from Capcom. It released back uh, in the early 2000s, back in 2000 in the arcade in Japan, and also on the Dreamcast. It was one of the best fighters on the Dreamcast. Also released on the PlayStation 2, Xbox, and a whole host of other PlayStation Network stuff as well. It's the crossover between Marvel and Capcom for the second time. It's, of course, Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Robbie, the first game you're mm. taking with you is a fighting game. And, it's of true. course, it's one of the best crossover fighting games of all time. So tell me, why is this the first game you're taking with you? Oh, man. When I think back to like the, the ga a game that made my fingers bleed and, <laughs> and gave me ultimate joy and ultimate defeat, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 comes to me immediately. It was the game I, I played the most with my best friend and uh, his older brother, my best friend Justin growing up in high school, and uh, his brother Aaron, who unfortunately uh, passed away in the, in the early 2000s in an auto accident. And yeah. uh, I have such fond and sort of bittersweet memories surrounding that game. It, you know, when you're in high school, you're always running around busy and doing stuff. And uh, I remember just if we had 10 minutes and we were all together, we would we could play a couple of rounds of round robin. And I was always the worst. And I was really <laughs> between the three of us. And I was really good at that game. Like I could go to the local arcade by myself and whoop some butt. But if I was with Justin and Aaron, I maybe win one out of three. It was brutal. <laughs> they were so good. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe it was genetic. I don't know. But they were. They killed it. And I has. And plus, it's just a great game. It's challenging. It's fun. It's such a tight fighting game. And uh, yeah, of course, it's one of my all-time favorite games. It's got to be number one. Excellent. So tell me a little bit about the the characters that you play as then. Obviously, Marvel vs. Capcom is famous for having such mm -hmm. a huge roster of characters, you know, mm -hmm. unique ones from Marvel characters. Like, you know, you had like Blackheart and like Psylocke, quite unknown oh, characters yeah. compared to, you know, the normal Capcom characters like Ryu and stuff like that. Tell me about some of the characters that you were like good at then. Uh, my clutch team uh, in this order was Spider-Man, Akuma, okay, quick. And, J and Jin. 
all oh. pretty quick fighters. I was not a big tier one guy. I would occasionally play Cable, I would play Cyclops, but I was never into Doctor Doom, I was never into Sentinel, I was never into like spamming ranged, ranged attacks, and neither were my friends. <laughs> like when we play, we wanted to play legit. Like we would play like old school Street Fighter rules, like no throws, and if you did accidentally throw, you apologized. We would play like seconds. Like if you blew somebody <laughs> out in the first match, you let them win and get seconds so you could have an exciting third match. And uh, I was never one for those cheap characters. Uh, I did occasionally play, uh, I did occasionally play Blackheart. I love playing Venom, even though he's a kind of a crappy character. I really like playing him. Uh, and uh, occasionally you have to go like classic all Street Fighter. You have to do Ryoken and uh, and uh, Akuma uh, versus all white. You have to all change their gear to make them all white clad, and the other team would have to be all like red clad. We were uh, we were like hardcore nor- nerds about that game. I, I yeah, I it sounds game. like you, you. It sounds like what I had with Street Fighter Four, and also which was my big game and the only fighting game I've ever been, like, the best at, which is Marvel vs. Mm-hmm. Capcom 3. Like, I was, Oh, really? Yeah. I hardcore got into Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Too much. Too much so. Um, but we had these sort of set rules as well. And, um, in fact, I was involved drinking a little more. So <laughs> the hours were more like... We, we used to have a game called uh, Street Fighter Marvel Whiskey, which is if you want a game of... Marvel or Street Fighter, you had to take a shot of whiskey. So you, the best player would progressively get worse as the <laughs> night went on. Um, which That's is great. a pretty good idea. That's a pretty good idea. <laughs> My friend Alan, one day, he was he was easily the best at Street Fighter for a long time. And mm. he just kept winning and kept drinking. That the next day, I think he slept for like 22 hours. He was so out of it after a, a night of playing Street Fighter and winning. It was hilarious. But how did you feel about the series moving on then? Like from Marvel vs. Capcom 2 having this beautiful sprite work and all these characters mm. to then Marvel vs. Capcom 3, which was kind of a, a newer release, you know, big production, 3D, all that kind of stuff. So when did that come out? Like what? Like 2009? Uh, 2011, maybe? No, 2000. No, 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 no. Before that. Be- before that, because. <laughs> I remember going to Gamescom in 2011 mm. to play Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom. So oh, it must yeah. have you been know, 2009, yeah, around about then. Three came out in a time in my life when I had never been busier. So, uh, which means I did not play it all that much. Uh, I, I wish I could have said I was I, I did, but uh, but it was just not not a time in my life I was playing all that many video games, so uh, so I never got into it. I've got my fingers crossed for Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. I really do have my fingers crossed. The internet's been pretty tough on it. But yeah, actually, it doesn't look but, too great. <laughs> but, but watching it, I really think the combat might be pretty tight. So I got my fingers crossed. We'll see. I hope so. I hope it just has that, The if it has the Marvel Genesis, like the DNA of what makes the Marvel vs. Capcom games great, then I'm, I'm happy with that. And plus I have some friends who are working on that game here in Japan. So for them, I want it to do exceptionally well. But then we're comparing it to that amazing looking Dragon Ball Fighters game. Um, uh, well, I try to stay away from try to stay away from all of that part of it but uh yeah i do have my fingers crossed and if they're gonna make it something like infinite where it's something that continues on a season with more of a structure like you know what an overwatch or uh you know like a league of legends would do where there's constantly new fighters being added and tournaments and stuff like that if that's what the if that's what the infinite means outside of the infinity stones then i think that would be a super dope idea i'm, I'm into it 
I hope it just doesn't mean infinite combos. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's it. Infinite combos forever. Good luck. Too many, too many Magneto infinite combos. <laughs> well, I mean, are you going to be okay playing this by yourself on the deserted island, though? Yeah, I'll be all right. Yeah, I'll make it. I'll make um, it. And do you reckon with enough training you'll be able to beat your friends now? You know, I you're gonna you're new... gonna have like sixty years on an island to just keep playing Marvel. I think with enough training, I could train like a monkey on the island to play it with me. That'd be the ultimate goal. <laughs> I would have well, like my little friend Bobo, and I would teach him how to play it. Is that well, against the rules of the island? Are there any monkeys on the island? Well, how about we? jump into the next game and talk a little <laughs> bit about the island that we're going to send you to because we give you the choice because we're that kind uh, but there are certain stipulations to the choice i should have read the rules closer <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we listen to some music from this next game and also let's talk about the island so let's listen to some music and dive straight into it jump into the second game then we are in fact going to talk about the deserted island in which we send you because mm. as i mentioned a few seconds ago we do give you the choice of the deserted island in which we send you obviously we're giving you eight games so we can't we don't want to make it too hard for you to survive you know it'd be kind of redundant giving you these eight games then um mm. so we give you the choice but it has to be a realm from video games. Like, it has to be mm. a place from video games. And also, you know, there's not going to be any NPCs or any human-like characters who can help you either escape or help you survive or in any way. But if you choose mm. a place that has, like, wildlife, as you said, like monkeys and stuff like that, but in video games, wildlife tends to mean enemies or giant monsters, well, they're going to be there. So you're going to have to think carefully about where we're going to send you. Is there anywhere that immediately comes to your mind? Absolutely. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Hyrule for sure. Ooh. I'm, ch I'm chill with Hyrule. Which Hyrule are we talking about? Then are we talking like Ocarina of Time Hyrule, or are we talking like Breath of the with Wild Hyrule? With no NPCs, no. I'm actually gonna. G but this is on my list, so I don't want to give it away. But uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Wind Waker Hyrule. See, I figure if I'm going to be on an island, I should have the choice to sail to a bunch of other uninhabited islands, right? Okay, so you're not specifically choosing one island from the Wind Waker. No, you're choosing I the want... world so you can have all these islands to travel to. Yes, yes, absolutely. Pseudo... Full of puzzles. 
I'm bending the rules, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I can never make it out of the overworld. I'm just stuck in the perpetual island hopping. I got you. (laughs) Well... That's a pretty good choice because most of the islands, uh, we, you know, we've had guests before choose, you know, Outset Island, which is the first island you start. You know, it's beautiful, it's very mm-hmm. tropical-like, and, you know, it's quite safe as well. But I guess the ability to travel to all the lovely islands in the Wind Waker would be pretty good. That'd yeah. be pretty good, actually. And, has, um, anybody, has anybody chosen uh, Monkey Island from, from Escape from Monkey Island? No, not yet, no. that I mean, Ooh. you could do that. And because there'd be no NPCs, there'd be no annoying puzzles to solve, I guess, which would make mm. it a lot better. See, um, that was my, that was like my number nine choice was Escape from Monkey Island 2. So, I don't know. I'm going to stick get, with... Uh, you're crowbarring it in Wind there, Wind. getting a nice little reference to it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stick with the Wind Waker Islands. Excellent. Well... I want, I want multiple tiny islands. That's, that's probably a very smart idea. And you get a little boat, too, but the boat can't talk to you, unlike in Wind Waker. Oh, come can't. on. All right. No, you can't. He is, he's, a, he's a king in a boat. You know, he's still a human. We can't, we can't, Good Technicalities point. aside. One thing I did want to ask is I kind of want to ask what the, uh, the same question I asked Ray, which is I asked him what Noctis would think about being trapped on a deserted island playing video games all day. What, what do you think Prompto would say about being trapped on deserted islands? Getting to play video games all day. Ah, oh, man, Prompto. I don't know how. I don't know how well he'd hold up by himself. He doesn't do. He could barely hang out in the snow for a couple of days, from what I've seen. <laughs> uh, no, he's a social creature. I don't know. I don't think Prompto would do very well. It would just devolve into really sad selfies really quickly. <laughs> he would be taking a lot of pictures of the islands. That's for sure, wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the next game you're going to be playing, not Prompto, you're going to be playing on this island is a hard as nails, <laughs> absolutely hard as nails uh, mm-hmm. video game from 2004. It released on multiple platforms, but the original one was back on the Xbox, which at the time was really weird. It was this unique collaboration between Microsoft and some creators in Japan. This one being Team Ninja, obviously mm-hmm. directed by Tomonobu Itagaki, the famous director. It is, of course, Ninja Gaiden Black. Oh. Mm. This game, yeah. the name sends shivers down my spine. It's so hard. <laughs> Robbie, why is yeah. this the next game you're taking with you? Because it's, I think it's one of the most challenging. And I would think that if you're infinitely stuck, on, if you're stuck on an island for the rest of your natural life, you would want a challenge. Because I think no matter how hard a video game is, you know, eventually you learn the ins and outs of it. And I remember uh, this game being so punishing that i i loved it i mean a lot of like newer gamers will say like you know dark souls is one of the hardest games ever or uh you know bloodborne is one of the hardest games ever which i agree they're very hard but there was something about how tight the combat was on ninja gaiden and then additionally ninja gaiden black when they made it when they made it even harder yeah uh, the, the I, sort of remake was not remake it was kind of the spin-off thing yeah, it, was it was a lot harder yeah, it was the original story with the reboot with some extra chapters, and yeah. then it had like a difficulty scale that went up, to, you know, like four times or something. I just remember, you know, not even knowing if I wanted to play it because I, <laughs> I felt like I'd beaten I'd beaten the original so so much, and this one I was like, oh, this is what I want. I want like a dirty, nasty challenge, but that also makes me feel like a total <laughs> badass when I figure it out or clear a level, you know? Yeah. 
Are you into like action games like Ninja Gaiden, sort of Devil May Cry, Bayonetta, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I used to be. Uh, not quite as much anymore. <laughs> Video games are more es- escape for me these days, so I don't play quite as many of them. But I did get into Bloodborne pretty well. That was yeah. pretty fun. I like that quite a bit. But I'm um, still not as fast-paced, not as stylish, not as tight. It was more like this lumbering, you get hit once you're dead sort of thing. I like the I like the more um, sort of chess game, managing the battlefield sort of difficulty in an action game. That's 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 that was that was aces for me. So did you play the sequels after this? Because this, like, Ninja Gaiden 2 and Ninja Gaiden 3, that was, Sig- like... Oh, well, Ninja Sigma Gaiden was, like, 2, another... Sigma was, like, the, was yeah. like the black of number two. Yeah. Uh, I, I played them. I just didn't... Uh, they were, they're good. They're very good. They're just... I don't know. Maybe I'm letting nostalgia get the better of me, but uh, but but uh, the original <laughs> was, was it for me. So, you know, going to, like, a deserted islands, you think about, like, the game choices... Hmm. In which you're going to take, you know, it's sort of a balance between some people take holy nostalgia things to remind them of the good times of playing video games or like the people that they played those games with. And, you know, if you're going to be trapped somewhere, you kind of want those memories. Also, the idea that you're going to be trapped on a deserted island for a long time. Sometimes you need games that have like immense replayability, the ability Mm -hmm. to not get bored of these games. Like if you're playing the same 50th run through of Ocarina of Time, well, you're going to get pretty bored probably that, that's um, why there's only two rpgs on my list yeah <laughs> yeah well when we talk about a game like ninja gaiden then a game that is is all about challenge and has like a skill tree or like a skill li- level where mm. you have to get better and better all the time this is kind of a weird gray area of linear story but mm-hmm. who cares about the ninja gaiden story <laughs> um but the ability to you know progressively get better and better and beat your score and also just like master the game it's it's a pretty good choice for like a deserted island oh, oh thank you i'm glad you approve <laughs> <laughs> well fortunately i'm not the one going to the desert island so it has to be only good you point. who approves you know good point these are the games you've chosen though so i hope you're happy with your choices and there are no regrets <laughs> i mean Ooh, so i don't know how many to that I don't know how many controllers you get either. So if you like rage really hard on Ninja Gaiden Black and like accidentally break one, I'm not sure how mm. we can get like a replacement to you. So mm. you're gonna have to be a little I'll careful try. there. I'll do my best. <laughs> have you completed Ninja Gaiden Black? Oh yeah, absolutely. Cool. I think See, I that, went through. That's an accomplishment I think I, in itself. Yeah, I think I went through. I want to say like two or three different tiers of difficulties before I just quit. I think once you get into like those whatever top top level like the like the post the game plus, I can't remember exactly, but it just became like this is impossible. No human can do this. <laughs> but yeah, definitely I definitely beat it more than once. Yeah. That was one of my favorites. Excellent. Have you heard of a game called Neo? Oh, uh yeah, a recent, right? Yeah. It's basically like Animusha meets uh Bloodborne. Yes, it very much yeah. is. And I feel yeah. like when I look aesthetically at the two of them, especially as someone who lives in Japan, mm-hmm. the combat is a little slower, but it's definitely uh, Neo is a lot faster than games like Dark Souls that it gets compared to that sometimes depending on like the weapons you use, it mm-hmm. reaches like that level of ninja guidedness, that f- speedy ninja Japanese weaponry that you just like flinging out like fast paced. Um, it's a game you should definitely check out if you weren't getting banished to an island. I 
I have it. And oh, I played well, there it. You go. And I played it maybe for like three days and loved it. And I don't know why I abandoned it. I probably just got busy. But I really liked that game. My biggest problem on that one is I could never pass up like a like a like a one of those uh, floating corpses that was like a fight. Oh. I'd, be, I'd be like, <laughs> level forty five, I can fight this guy. You're like, and fuck then this I, guy, he isn't hanging yeah. around here. This is my area. I'm gonna take wanna, this guy down. I wanna say I started it on the Hard difficulty? Can you do that? Definitely feels hard. <laughs> That's a tough game. <laughs> it is immensely hard. And it's almost like Twitch reactionary faster than Dark Souls. Like, you need to be even faster, which is incredible. Um, but yeah, you want to go play it. <laughs> well, there you go. And, well, unfortunately, you've not chosen it. So, as, as like, immediately mm-hmm. after we stop recording, we have to send you to the island. So, you're just going to have to right. deal with Ninja Gaiden in Black. Is that cool? All right. I'll be okay. <laughs> well, taking Ninja Gaiden Black and, of course, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, we're going to talk about the next game, and it's a Final Fantasy game. <gasps> mm. Oh, my God, but it's not 15. Oh, I my know. God. People are going to be like, ah, he's going to choose Final Fantasy 15, of course. Ray chose Final mm. Fantasy 15 as well, so I, that would be a correct assumption for some people, but not in this case. Um, we're going to l- listen to some... Excellent music. My fa- one of my favorite Nobu Umatsu tracks of the whole of the Final Fantasy series. So let's listen to some music from this next game. And let's, of course, as always, dive straight into it. game on Robbie's list and the first RPG on his list as he mentioned he only has two but Mm. this is the first game that is an RPG on his list and it's a Final Fantasy game but it is not 15 it's the game that was developed by Square Product uh, Development Division 1 it released back in 2001 I forget how old this game is sometimes I Mm. feel like it's a little closer because there was such a massive gap between Final Fantasy 9 and this game both graphically mm. and gameplay-wise. The gap seems even bigger, but it was only like two years, which is incredible if you look at both side-by-side. Side. It obviously released for the PlayStation 2, and we've had since you know the HD remasters and stuff for the Vita and the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4. It is, of course, Final Fantasy X. Robbie, Final Fantasy X. Why is this the Final Fantasy you're taking with you? Because uh, it might be my... Uh... I would say it's my favorite JRPG ever, okay. and a single title, and uh, and it's one of my favorite games ever. And I feel like 
it's such a good story and such an uh, a lovely, pleasant game to play that uh, even though the threat of repetitive being repetitive is there, I feel like ew, I, if I could go back to it if I needed like a, a boost, like if I needed to be lift up, lifted up or inspired, uh, I feel like I could go back to the story and watch it like you would watch one of your favorite movies, except yeah. it would take you 80 hours to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and in yeah. the meantime, you'd have to dodge like 10,000 lightning bolts, defeat your Jimbo and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to get that <laughs> cactuar <laughs> in the old Thunder Plains. Uh, yeah, I, I really think it's a it's a great game, a masterpiece in my opinion, and um, my favorite final, my personal favorite Final Fantasy, uh, excluding ones that I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit then. You know, playing Final Fantasy X back in like, you know, 2001 and whatever and being like, wow, this is like one of the best games I've ever played. This series is just amazing. And then to be, you know, 15 years later, be like, a character, like one of the only other blonde characters mm, <laughs> compared to, it's... you know, Titus, um, being a part of this massive franchise. Not only, you know, did you do, you know, Typo HD, which is a great game, a game I really, really liked that was very mm -hmm. different. Um, but to also be one of the main characters in the next mainline fr uh, franchise game. Um, How does it feel to be a part of, like, this huge franchise that you've enjoyed for many, many years. I was a really cool full circle moment for me. Uh, that was the game freshman year of college that I uh, that made me go, oh, there's going to be a whole new market for voiceover. Because, you know, if you're thinking about doing voiceover, you go, well, what is there? There's cartoons, and then at the time there was anime, but the only stuff that I knew that was getting dubbed was either, you know, on a $40 DVD or on Toonami. So I was like, how do I make my living if I can't do commercials and blah, 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 blah. And then this game came out and I was like, oh man, this thing's 80 hours long. Somebody had to voice this. And it was the game where I really, playing that game is the moment what really made me seriously think about pursuing it as a career. Oh, wow. Because I, I, I viewed it as something new. And uh, yeah, I've said this in um, you know panels and interviews before, yeah. that game I feel like was really well acted and the people that are in it now or the people that were in it then are megastars now i mean it's john dimaggio and tara yeah. strong and james arnold taylor and james arnold you know, taylor people, of course yeah the uh well i call him titus you call him titus tomato tomato but <laughs> i was gonna ask you how you pronounce it <laughs> i know it's titus but i say titus because it's funny because he's I from the water titus. i say I titus but I absolutely say Titus. I, I, it's it's Titus. Let's be real. It's Titus on this show just because everyone will complain at me otherwise. But of course, behind closed doors, <laughs> it's Titus. It's Titus. It's a water pun. Come on, let's just let's be real. It's also it. the Japanese katakana is Taida. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tide. Oh, it's tide. He came in. Yeah. He came ah. in on the tide of his father's sins. Listen, we can talk all day about it. I <laughs> love this game. I feel like of all RPGs, it's one that not only holds uh, a positive emotional space for me, but I just think it's an all-around replayable, fun, beautiful, beautiful story. So that's my movie. That's if, I don't, if, I, if that's the only entertainment I can have is video games. That's my movie that I rewatch over and over and over because it's my favorite movie. I'm not sure if the remaster, I am probably thinking this wrong. I'm not sure if the remaster like has all the cutscenes unlocked. Like when you finish mm. the game, you can like watch them all. I'm, yeah. I'm, 
I remember something like that. So that would be pretty cool to have that. Like you could just basically watch it like a movie. That'd be pretty mm-hmm. sweet. You know, that you just be pretty remind sweet. yourself without having to dodge all those lightning bolts and do all that. They crazy did that stuff with that sometimes the, you need to they, do. they did that with um, Shenmue, which was almost made this list when they released two because it was on a different platform. They gave you like a, a DVD that had like basically all the cutscenes from the first from first game and you could to watch it like an hour long movie to bring you up to speed yeah because you really need it the yakuza yeah. series did the same thing where hmm. in yakuza 3 you could watch the, all the cutscenes from not only the first game but also the second game to lead you up to the third game yeah oh, that's that's awesome it's good yeah no 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 i uh, i really uh, i really enjoy that game it's a great it's it's my long form narrative that i would continue to play Comparing, like, gameplay-wise between, you know, the sort of turn-based Final Fantasies like X to, you know, Final Fantasy XV being a bit more action-orientated, um, mm. stepping away less from the old traditional, well, the old traditional Final Fantasies from, you know, like, seven onwards. Um, how, how, how do they compare to you it's sort of as games? Not so much like productions, but as games. I honestly, I'm going to tell you, maybe this might be an unpopular answer. I really don't care. Uh, as long as whatever they do is a good version of it. And I feel like 10 is to date the best version of any turn-based uh, any turn-based combat that they had. And I think fifth, Final Fantasy 15 is the best version of any action-based that they've had in this series. So, you know, as yeah. long as it's done well, I really don't care. For me, the combat... The combat is just it's ancillary. It's just a means to the end. And the and the end is is the the story and the journey and collecting and item management, you know. I, I don't mind. I would I I care much more about good menu management than I do the combat system. <laughs> I mean, I mean to it. an end. I mean it. It's just a means <laughs> to an end. It's a it's a role playing game. Who cares if you're shooting dice or drawing cards? It's just, the combat's just a way to get there. Yeah, not, not. I really don't. I, I like them both. I really enjoy them both. They do offer up two different styles of gameplay. They are a part of a yeah. franchise that are, is famous with turn-based combat, but you know they ha- they've had massive changes over the years with the ATB system, moving yep. on from the older systems to you know having this new kind of combat in Final Fantasy 15. That is a lot more like the other Final Fantasy you started, which is you know Typo HD, that action-paced. Mm-hmm. So well. Typo was a lot quicker. That game was nuts yeah. fast. That was super it cool was... how you could switch between all the different party members and stuff like that. I really enjoyed that game. I don't know why people didn't like that game as much as I, I suspected they would. I thought it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Explain to me why like a lot of them don't like, you know, Dirge of Cerberus or whatever. I don't know. Well, they, well I mean, we could talk get... about why people don't like the game. Yeah, we're getting into silly territory with like Dirge of Cerberus though. And, <laughs> and yet and yet it sold and and yet, you know, Type 0 sold like a million copies right mm. off the bat. I know a lot of it because was because it was bundled with the, the 15 demo, but you know, <laughs> I remember I that, dying yeah. to play that game. I remember I remember seeing PSP screenshots of the original Japanese version back mm-hmm. in like screens on you know NeoGAF and all those kind of places back in the day being like I yeah. read that aesthetically that game looks awesome and mm-hmm. I really want to play it but it, we never got it we had like a fan translation for the PSP you could download but it wasn't very good so That's I was true. like super excited to play like HD on a console with like a controller and that kind of combat that was awesome I wasn't so bothered about the 15 demo at the time I just wanted to yeah. play Typo <laughs> which is a great game well, I really I'm enjoyed glad it. to hear that yeah it's very very fun and another game that's really fun 
and a game that offers up that replayability that you need on a deserted island is the next game we're going to talk about. Mm. A game that pretty much everyone in the world is playing right now and has been for the year that it's been released, a year to uh, last month, I think. So let's listen to some music from this next game. And of course, let's talk about it. So jumping into this next game, Robbie, I feel like, are you like everyone else in the world? Is this like the game that you play on a daily basis if you can? This sort yeah. of, I, I feel like every one of my friends is playing this game. Since I moved to Japan, being able to play these types of games, has the ability has been lost on me because of time zones and all that sort of lag connections yeah. and nonsense. So I played this game for about three months with randoms and I sort of had to, it sort of died down a little bit. But mm -hmm. everyone is playing this team-based multiplayer game that was developed, of course, by Blizzard and directed by Jeffrey Kaplan and the wonderful team at Blizzard Entertainment. It released back in May of 2016 and released, of course, on PC, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. It is, of course, the massively successful Overwatch. Robbie. Mm. Tell mm. me, why are you taking mm. Overwatch? Uh, well, now I'm questioning, like, oh, wait, no, does, I guess I can't play with anybody online. That's tough. You can play uh, online. You can play online. Okay. You, just, you just can't chat to them, like voice chat. That's totally fine. Yeah, I well, I know that Overwatch has, like, a 10-year plan where it'll still be, you know, in service after 10 years, and hopefully I'll be wanting to play it. You know, I'm a big shooter uh, fan. Like, uh, I was, like, me and my buddy were, like, top 500 in Halo 2 on Xbox back in the day, like, when I was, you know, I, when I, back when I still had fast <laughs> twitch reflexes. Now there's no way I have a chance against a caffeinated 14-year-old in, like, Call of Duty. It's impossible. Uh, so I didn't pick a Call of Duty, even though I really like them. I didn't pick Battlefield, though if I had, I'd pick uh, Black Ops 2 and uh, Bad Company 2. Uh, but... Uh, uh, I had to go with Overwatch because it's got all the things I like about MOBAs and uh, and competitive online play and teamwork and character classes, and yet it's still at its heart a first-person shooter, uh, which I really love. And I gotta be real, since that game has come out outside of the Twitch streams that I occasionally do and like maybe a, a, a few random curiosities, Overwatch really has not left my PS4 since it's come out. And uh, I, re I really I really enjoy it. I think it's a great game. It's super tight. It's always being updated. Yeah, great game. I would definitely bring it. It's excellent. It's one of those games that has the typical Blizzard polish on it. It's just so mm -hmm. tight and just everything is so, I don't know, just perfect like that's the way to describe those games in terms of like polish and everything about them they're so very perfectly made um tell me about the characters and the sort of role that you're playing then who's the sort of go-to oh my go-to's uh I, you know i don't main because i think that's shenanigans uh i pick i pick whatever the team needs man uh but my main characters i would say would be uh roadhog uh farah or farah i prefer farah 
Uh, I like Lucio, Zen, and uh, Diva. Those are my sort of. Those are some of my go-to's. Though I'll play. Uh, I'll play pretty much anyone outside of Zarya and McCree and Genji. I'm not very good at those, so I spare my team. <laughs> There's always going to be a better Genji or, or McCree or Zarya than me, so I, I let them have it. <laughs> what kind of role do you like playing usually? Do you like playing like Lucio, sort of healer type thing, or are you more aggressive? One again in the I'm action. A, I'm a bully. I love playing like bully tanks, someone who can just come in and break the lines, take one for the team and, uh, you know, get a pick and then, you know, push through. That's my favorite kind of character. So I, that's why I like D.Va. I like Roadhog. Yeah. I'll default to those kind of characters. And then if things are going south and I feel like my team has crappy DPS, which happens a lot, uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, jump in as a, I'll jump in as a DPS and, you know, ask somebody in the chat to switch. I'll just be like... You know, if I'm like a tank and I have goldie limbs and damage, I'll be like, hey, I'm a tank. I've got goldie limbs and damage. Who wants to switch with me? Who's who's a DPS that doesn't have any medals? And so I'll be like, I'm like, well, just switch with me. Switch with me. Be a tank. Be a, be a Reinhardt or something. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that works about one time out of every five. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, we try. You speak. I, you, you, I could sort of see where you're coming from. They're the type of characters I like to play just like. Having so much health that your mistakes don't matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> just getting in there and just like messing shit up is <laughs> so You know, cute. and what's funny, whenever I play any other first-person shooters, I really like to be uh, a sniper or like the exact opposite, like a run-and-gun submachine guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I can't snipe on uh, I can't snipe on Overwatch, at least not on console because I play on console. So. Nah, yeah, that's true. So, have yeah. you been playing like ranked and stuff like that since that came out? Oh yeah, I don't play anything but competitive. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, tell me yeah. about uh, how, how's that been going? What What is your current rank? It's hard because I I solo a lot. Uh, you know, I've never. I'm, I mean, I'm you're a, gonna like, have I'm to a, get used to soloing. You know. Yeah. I'm a plat scrub. I'm a plat scrub for life. I uh, I just I, I whenever I hover around the twenty nine hundreds, I can just never get out and into. It seems like I never get into that diamond zone. I think right now I'm like a 26 or 27, but I haven't played much this season. But uh, I usually hover in the the 28, 29 zone. Still can't, still can't make diamond happen, man. Crush. It will happen. I mean, the blessing and the curse of the deserted island is the time. You know. Yeah. You're gonna have maybe the time the be, to be better at Ninja people, Gaiden. Yes. You're gonna yes, have yes, the time be... to be better at Overwatch. And I can make some friends, and maybe I can find some. Uh, maybe I can find some. Some uh, diamonds to pull me out of the pull me out of the the, the platinum zone. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I mean, you're gonna have to get used to sort of not being able to tell them to switch characters. You're gonna have to just like find your own system of like gesturing with the with the characters that's, in game that you want people to switch. That's true. You'll just see I need healing just spammed a thousand times <laughs> over my account. <laughs> like Morse code if you do it like in certain like bursts. <laughs> oh, good call. Yeah. Yeah, but you'd have to. You'd have to set it up so someone knew that you were Morse coding. No, because if it's no, true. I'm. This is another way of viable communication. I can't allow this. <laughs> oh yeah, good points. All right, well, you can take away the uh, the up button. My the up button on my D pad. How's that? Before you drop me off. No, we just have to make sure there's no like Morse code like patterns. I'll have to have like a team of Morse code experts make sure that every time you you spam. This island sucks. <laughs> God damn it, Robbie. <laughs> well, 
taking Overwatch with you. Um, we're going to talk again about some replayable games mm. and games that you can play online. And this is a game that I've been playing nonstop since it came out for the Switch. The Switch version of this, this game came out recently. Um, so we're going to dive right into the next game and listen to some excellent orchestral, wonderful, jazzy themes from this next game. So let's, of course, dive straight into it. Mario Kart! So jumping into the next game now, of course, is another multiplayer game that you can play online. Um, and it's because it's a Nintendo game, there's no voice chat, so there's no worries about that. It just mm-hmm. released back on the Switch as well. Brand new port, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. It, of course, originally released on the Wii U back in 2014. It is the brand new Mario Kart series entry that is just so, so good. It's Mario Kart 8. Robbie, why are you taking yes. Mario Kart 8? Oh, because it is so, so good. It's a really fun to play. It's intuitive and uh, and honestly, because honestly, because I'm only kind of okay at it. Like, uh, I- I'm all right, but I'm not that great at it. And I feel like that's one of those room for improvement games. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and uh, there's a lot to learn. Like, you know, I play with my friends and I'll, you know, I'll be pretty good. But I, if I go and try and play online, ah, oh, it's savage, man. They're, everybody's so good. They know every shortcut and every bump and got every track, you know, they've run a million times. And I'm definitely a filthy casual when it comes to Mario Kart. <laughs> so, uh, but it's so fun and charming and, uh, you know, quick sort of like, you know, play and go and there's competitive multiplayer and you can play with there bots is. and there's a bunch of different game modes and uh and there's a bunch of different ccs and then you can flip it all and do mirror race i think it's great for like replayability and uh and fun i mean people are still playing you know super mario kart the original you know on downloads and emulators and stuff like that yeah so. it's soon to be the super nintendo classic if you can get a hold of that thing Oh, good luck. You have to fight somebody for it. Yeah. Uh, but um. But yeah, I feel like that's just got like a great, oh, great replayability and like fun factor and something that I could learn how to get better at. Which version do you wanted to take, the Switch or the Wii U version? Mm, I think I would take the Switch version. That's the that's deluxe, right? With it's yeah. got all of the all of the maps and all, and I really like the controls on the on the on the Switch. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. Yeah. And you know, you can play it anywhere. On any island, you you don't have to like get a TV and put it in the boat, and when exactly. you go to the next island, you can play the Switch. So you can have like a home base island, and then See, whenever I'm you like, travel to other places, you can take the Switch. Man, I'm so lo- low key good at this. I didn't even know. 
<laughs> you've got it all figured out subconsciously in your head you're, you're piecing it all together you, you know you're making it work well unfortunately we're, we're a little pressed for time today so we're going to have to move on to the next game I think Mario Kart's right. pretty self-explanatory and I'm very mm. interested to hear about the next game because I don't know too yeah. much about it so yes. let's jump into the next game and let's of course mm. talk about it So jumping into the next game, then we have a little bit of a, a, a sort of unique choice for the next spot on the list. And it's a game that's never appeared on the show before. And a game not many people talk about either. Its sort of name has been lost in the ether of time. It was a game that was developed by Z2, which is an unfortunately now defunct publishing company. Um, it was originally released on the Nintendo 64 back in 1998 with a Game Boy Color version and a Dreamcast version that came a little later. It's a 3D puzzle game called Wetrix. Robbie, this is mm. sort of the unique uh, choice in this list, the one that maybe people don't know about. So tell us, why, why are you taking this and what's it all about? Uh, yeah, this is the, the cheeky stumper one. Uh, <laughs> this game is such a hidden, like lost in time gem, like you said. Uh, I did not discover it in its original form uh, on when it came out. I discovered it much later. When I first moved to LA, I had a roommate who had an N64 and we were like, let's 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 plug this thing in. Like forget the modern stuff. Let's plug this in in one of like the TVs in the in the main in the main part of the house and people will play it when we have parties and stuff. And they did. And it ended up living on our porch. Uh the uh our, our front porch on this little flat screen and the N64 was hooked up to it. And I remember going to like uh, I I want to say it was like a used game shop or like a flea market or something, and scooping up a bunch of N64 games. And this Wetrix game made its way in there. And we just plugged this thing in one night at, at sort of like a house party, and people started playing it. And I swear, within 10 minutes, there was like a, a, just an army of people on my front porch watching people play this game. And, you know, the, for those of you who don't know, the basic premise of it is is you're given a flat 3D landscape, and uh, there's water that constantly is coming from this unknown source and you have to like shape the landscape around it in three dimensions so the water doesn't that doesn't overflow off the edge of this flat world map. Yeah. Now, I know that sounds yeah, I know that sounds like <laughs> uh, it sounds stupid when I say it, but in action you got like to get on plate YouTube. And you're like you putting it under play attack. It. 
you gotta play. It's like you're un constantly under attack, and it's like you versus physics. And I would say for such a young uh, console game, the physics in the game are great and fun. It, it, it's really challenging, but it never makes you feel like it's cheating you, uh, which I, I think is tough with puzzle games. You know, I, it's just a gem. I, I encourage everybody to like get their hands on it somehow. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's funny because the N64 was like my formative years. That was like when I really got into video games and I owned like mm -hmm. every possible N64 game I mm -hmm. could at the time. I still have a collection of about 120 N64 games, but I've never played Whoa. Wetrix. And it's funny <sighs> because Steve and John Pickford, who are the developers of this game, um, are both English guys who follow me on Twitter as well. And I've never played Wetrix, so I feel really bad that I've never oh, really? played this game. Yeah. Well, they are getting a shining endorsement from this guy. <laughs> and uh, I, I think if you look at, I think if you look it up, which I didn't before this interview, but I remember looking it up back in the day, and I think there's like a Metacritic on it. It's like pretty good. I think it's like in the eight, the high eights, like eight point yeah, well, five or something like that. Yeah, the know? reviews when they came out, they were like eight, nine. I think the lowest was like a seven. It was pretty. Which, it's pretty good. And, and to hold up and still have those Metacritic reviews, you know, I, I, I feel like that's pretty solid. Uh, but aside from that, it's just a really enjoyable puzzle game. And I really like puzzle games a lot. Uh, my, my alternate for Wetrix was, uh, was a game called Hexis. Uh, or Hex, wait, Hex, Hexix. Uh, it Hexix, was like the, yeah. It was the game that came with the, uh, was it the 360 or the, X, the original Xbox? Uh, I can't remember. I think it was the original Xbox. Wait. I'll... I'll does also seem a great little old. Yeah, I, I want to say it's maybe the original Xbox, but um, also a great puzzle game. My second choice, but Wetrix made the cut, man. It's just too cool. It's too fun. There's nothing like it as far as puzzle games go. Uh, it, it was really a blast to play. So I feel like that's something where I could come back and be like, oh, I can never beat this one puzzle. And then, <laughs> and, and, yeah, yeah, that's it. Even yeah, though yeah. you're surrounded by water mm. in all these islands, you're just going to be like, ah, oh, I want to fuck around with some water in a video game. <laughs> <laughs> It'd probably give me nightmares, to be honest. But, uh, the sloshing yeah, sounds. I You're like, oh. <laughs> I knew I had to get a puzzle game in there, and that, and that's the one that that's the one that jumped into my mind right away. Yeah. Excellent. Well, you can take it with you. And the next game you're going to take alongside of you is sort of a bit different to Wetrix in the terms that it's not a puzzle game. It's an action-adventure <laughs> game that's been and featured on this show quite a few times now, which does make me happy considering how much time I spent working on this video game. So let's listen to some wonderful music from this next game. And let's, of course, dive straight into the second-to-last game on Robbie's list.
next game on Robbie's list then is an action adventure video game that was developed by Rockstar North and published by Rockstar Games. It released originally back in September of 2013 for the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. And then we later got, you know, next gen versions of the PlayStation 4 on the Xbox One as well. And of course, the PC. It's been a game that still continually gets the number one top spot in the video game charts in the UK for sales, which is just crazy and i still can't believe that's happening but it, it is the massive juggernaut that is grand theft auto 5 robbie why is this the second to last game you're going to be taking with you uh, well i don't know how much i need to like expound upon it uh open world there's never a lack of things to do there's so much to do and I think like a lot of this video game island challenge uh, is going to be fighting boredom. And uh, with a game that has an online component that doesn't require a, a chat uh, and uh, or communication all that much. And um, just yeah, sort not of at all. A, yeah, <laughs> just I think you want to avoid talks. the people who probably play GTA Online. <laughs> I think mostly that's that's accurate. But um. <laughs> It's just such a cool world, you know, and if you didn't want to mess around online anymore, you've always got your story you can go back to. And I think having a really good open world sandbox game while you're on your island is just clutch. You got to have it. You got to have it. And what better what better than GTA 5? I mean, I think it's the best sandbox game that's ever been made. So uh, I, I want to if I'm going back and I want to take the best. <laughs> you know, you got the ability to like drive everywhere, fly everywhere, mm-hmm. swim everywhere, boat everywhere, mm-hmm. and then murder a whole bunch of people for no reason. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, it's pretty I good on a deserted island, right? I remember one night specifically, I was playing again with my gamer buddy and my my longtime friend Justin, and uh, we were playing. <laughs> And we spent an entire night, and when I say a night, I mean like an early start into the wee hours of the morning, just like breaking into and effing around in like one of the military bases at like the top north of the island. We were just trying to steal fighter jets and tanks, and uh, and I remember like, we are in this tiny corner of the map, and we have been playing this area for like six hours, uh, just messing around, <laughs> and seeing all the different ways we could try to get in and, and, you know, all of that stuff. And then, you know, the next night we do something completely different. Um, so, I mean, it's just such a such an inspiring game in terms of scope and, yeah. and the voice acting's great. And the, 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 it, it, nothing about it feels broken. It just feels, uh, it just feels like such a, such a quality game. I would definitely want to bring that one with me. Speaking of like voice acting, when you play like a game like Grand Theft Auto, which has these mm. high massive production values and you hear like voice actors like Steven Ogg and stuff like that and people do mm. performance and motion capture and stuff, do you sometimes like, oh man, those guys are so good. I wish I was better. Or you always like, I just want to work with them. This is so great. Like, do you get intimidated by it or do no. you always sort of keep a level head? Like, that's just that's that way. I do my way. Oh, when the game is on the line, a winner always wants the ball. No, man, I want to do that. Of course. Uh, I, I really hope that that's the next step uh, in my video game portion of my career. And while I would say video games are maybe only 30% of my career, uh, 
I, I really want to move into that realm of motion capture and performance capture uh, soon. And um, once the video game strike is over and, th- and things are a little bit heavier in production, production again, I hope that my credentials uh, from the past will, will allow me to get into that world a little bit more. Oh, I um, definitely think so. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's a small world in general, but every small world has smaller little cubbies that, that also need to get into. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so breaking into that world is tough too. But, oh, no, watching performances like that, uh, just inspires me to want to want to do it. Anything that's motion capture, performance capture, like, you know, Last of Us or Days Gone or, you know, Uncharted or Grand Theft Auto, uh, that all it makes me want to do is get green dots on my face and wear some spandex. Do you think you uh, could play like a like a sort of gr- gr- like a grizzled, r- rugged, dangerous person like Trevor or, you know, Joel from The Last of Us? Do you think you could like do that? I think I would be more likely to play someone like a like a pagan Min or a Trevor or uh, oh, okay. or something like or something like a Delson or uh, something like that where I got to do mocap. But nah, save the deep voice stuff for the deep voice guys. But there are plenty of bad guys and good guys who are in my range where I would just I would really love to do that. And I come from a theater background and a and a film and television background, so Oh, so, I would um, love to play a game with you as like a theatrical villain, like a Kafka style oh, voice acted. Oh, that would be great. We're gonna make it happen somehow. You heard it here first. We're but, gonna do um, it. <laughs> once once the that industry gets sort of uh kicking butt again and all that stuff, uh uh hopefully that'll be my next step. I'm ready to I'm ready to get in that uh I wanted to get in that sh- suit with the ping pong balls all over it. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a picture of Ray with stuff all over his face the other day. Yeah, was... he had his first big one not too long ago. It's exciting. Yeah, was like last week. That was or quite funny. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. as cool as it is, you'll always look kind of dumb. But it's great. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's the well, way most things are in life, though. It's like you got to look really dumb doing it before you you get to be cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's like if you're, yeah. a pro, if you're a pro like athlete, there's nothing cool about the drills that you have to do. Yeah, exactly. You when should... you see Nolan North doing like Drake and stuff, acting all cool, and then you actually see like the mocap <laughs> stuff, you're like... Not so cool looking now, yeah, but <laughs> what a goon! Yeah, no, I, it totally, totally. Well, speaking of voice actors, this game is a game that has barely any voice acting, and it's a game we've already alluded to with the choice of islands that we're going to take. So we are going to talk about the next game and listen to some wonderful music from Robbie's final game.
So jumping in now to the final game on Robbie's list, and it is of course a game we've already spoken about quite intensely as the aesthetic of the Deserted Island choice today. It is of course <laughs> developed by Nintendo EAD and directed by AJ Numa, who since um, last speaking about Zelda, I've had the pleasure to meet, which was a intense and wonderful time um it, this game originally released back in 2002 in japan for the nintendo gamecube and then a little later in north america and europe it is of course the legend of zelda the wind waker robbie why is the final game on your list today the wind waker well I'm, i think it might be the final one because it might have been my first choice and i just had to fill in the rest after it uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm a huge Legend of Zelda fan. It's m my favorite uh, franchise, though I'm not sure one of those games is necessarily my favorite game of all time in them. But uh, yeah, but it, I get that thinking. I, I yeah, I get that. Like Mario yeah. is probably my favorite franchise, but there probably isn't a Mario game that's my favorite game of all time. I, I exactly, can, I, can, I, I understand that. Yeah, so I mean, to the point where I have a a full, I have a half sleeve uh, tattoo that is uh, that is Zelda themed. So oh, I've, beautiful. I've, I've inked it on my body forever. So uh, if I didn't include my favorite Zelda entry entry into the franchise on this list, I I, I don't know. I'd have to peel my skin off where my tattoo used to be. Uh, <laughs> I I love this game, and this one for me is one of those that's not quite such a practical choice because I know. It's a repetitive story, and yes. once you figure out the puzzles, you know the puzzles. And but also, depending on which it... version you take as well, yeah, one that's has true. a lot of mundane content, the other has it a little cut of mundane content. So, yeah. I would keep the mundane. I would keep the, uh, what is it, the GameCube, the original. The, is it yeah, GameCube? The GameCube. No. Yeah. The GameCube yeah. version. I like the long, pointless sailing. Uh, <laughs> but you're going to be doing says. a lot of it in real life now. Good points. Yeah. Uh, uh, that game happened in a time in my life. I was, uh, I had just moved uh, and I was in college in Las Vegas uh, in undergrad. And I was playing that game at such a magical time in my life that uh, it feels like one of the most magical games I've ever played. And already being a Zelda fan, like, ah, oh God, I remember playing the original on the NES, which was so hard I hated it. And then I remember <laughs> playing the second one. What was it? Uh, Link, Link, Adventures of Link or Link? Adventures, Adventures of Link. Link. Uh, Zelda 2, the 2D. Adventures of Link. Yeah, yeah, yeah the side-scroller, which yeah. was arguably even harder. Uh, arguably, yes. I still think, one of the hardest games from that era ever. And, um, and I remember... I remember just when Wind Waker came out, and I, of course I played Ocarina and Majora's Mask, and when Wind Waker came out, I remember everybody pooping all over it because of the car the cartoon, the cel-shaded uh, art style. And I loved it from the beginning. I remember reading Game Informers or whatever the magazine at the time was and, and then being like, meh, 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 where's our, where's this, this is our link. And then it came out, and I was like, this Shit is magical. I love it. And uh, I love the story. I love the sort of mystical, like, where is this? Is it Hyrule or isn't it? Which is, you know, kind of all of the Legends of Zelda, really. And uh, and I ju it just transported me in a way that not a lot of games that simple 
can could can transport someone. You know, I, I just I, I was my favorite Zelda, even though I know the pat answer should be Ocarina of Time, which is a fantastic game. Well, uh, I, I don't know. These days, especially from a personal point of view, it's got to be Breath of the Wild. Well, I'm only like I'm only like six hours into Breath of the Wild, so I oh, really man. can't. Wait, I wanted to. You need to give yourself some more time on that game, and you will. I know. Magical worlds will unfold. I was not so. I gotta be honest. The first like two or three hours, I was like, "Boy, this is not hooking me in right away." No, but I know it takes I'm a while. Play. I, I, d- I, d- I actually, I don't. But should it take a while? Mm. Should it take a while for a lifelong diehard Zelda fan to like get hooked in? It's I don't different know. though, isn't it? Because if what you love about Zelda is. is what Zelda was compared mm-hmm. to now, because Breath of the Wild, although uniquely in style and on the little dots on the T's and uh, on the eyes and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's Zelda, but as a game, it's very different to what we've seen in previous Zelda. So if you play Zelda, you know, for the gameplay and that kind of stuff in the past, then mm-hmm. maybe that's why it's not clicking so immediately. Uh, I'm I am enjoying it now. I just I feel like I need a little bit more me time to actually play it, a little bit more private time to let myself be sort of transported so uh, i i am enjoying it a lot but as of right now uh it's gonna be, be, be tough to, to to beat wind waker for me but i'm really li- i'm i'm liking it we'll see maybe it'll maybe it'll win me over as time goes by i'm sure it will you just have to give it a little more time but unfortunately we are out of time and you are out of time <laughs> because you killer have to be segue banished. by the way that was clutch that was pro <laughs> 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 and you are out of time because we have to banish you to a deserted island. No. Islands. I have to make sure it's the plural and not the singular of this because you have done the very smart idea of taking the whole of the Great Sea and Hyrule from the game we just spoke about. So we are going to banish you. Robbie, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. It's been so interesting to hear another unique uh, voice in the games industry, to use a pun, um, a different aspect of the industry. <laughs> Um, coming on the show and talking about that final game. So thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, Absolutely, man. And uh, I'll think fondly of you on the island because I've done quite a few interviews and this has got to be one of my favorites. Thank you so much. You're a class act, man. I've enjoyed it a ton. (laughs) Thank you so much, Robbie. And just before I let you go, I have to ask you the last question. I have Mm. to ask everyone before they go to Mm. the realms of final games, which is if... You know, we we talk about games on Final Games, as always. It's always about the games. But if we're going to talk about the, the way we play games for a little bit before you leave, because <clears throat> that's a big aspect of it, you know, whether you like playing handheld or you like playing in front of a big TV, you know, all those mm-hmm. kind of different things. So if we're talking about, like, a console, if you could only take one console with you to Final Games, not eight consoles, just one, thinking about the back catalog in your head and the way you play with the controller and the UI and all that kind of stuff. If you can only take one console with you, what would you take? That's the side that everyone gives. (laughs) I would take my Xbox 360. It's a safe bet. Plenty of games. Excellent console. Mm -hmm. Definitely, Mm -hmm. definitely a good choice. That was hard. That was hard. That was the toughest one of all time. I wanted to scream Dreamcast. My 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 inner nerd was yeah. screaming Dreamcast, but practical me practical me won 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 it over. Yeah. Well, you can take the Xbox 360 with you, and of course the eight wonderful games that you've chosen today, and we're gonna send you on your way now. So, Robbie, please tell the wonderful listeners before you depart, 
where they can find you on the internet, what of yours they should be checking out. I heard there's this big DLC that you featured in recently. Maybe they should check that out. And um, just <laughs> anything else generally that you'd like to tell them before you leave. Well, I don't know how active I'll be on social media on the island, but <laughs> if you want to reach out and uh, share your thoughts, feelings, fan art, and questions, you can find me on Twitter at my name. It's just Robbie Damon, R-O-B-B-I-E-D-A-Y-M-O-N-D. On Instagram, I'm Robbie Dangerous. And Robbie uh, Dangerous. in general, I love it's it. the it's worst. Like a it's character. the worst. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and in, in general, you can just uh, you can just Google me and reach out, and uh, I'm I'm always happy to talk to friends oh, fans cool and sound? industry folk yeah you, you can just google me i love that <laughs> <laughs> it's the easiest thing to do dude <laughs> robbie thank you so much for coming on honestly it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you you're such a lovely and wonderful chap and i'm very excited to jump back into final fantasy 15 and play as prompto again and enjoy some more time with you while we think fondly of you on the island <laughs> bye Arrivederci. see you goodbye <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of Final Games as always you can find Final Games on SoundCloud iTunes Stitcher Acast all those podcasting networks and all that sort of stuff if you're on iTunes obviously please do rate and review the show because it really does help out you can find me Liam on Twitter, on Twitter at LiamBME and you can also find the show at Final Games Show also I announced at the start Final Games is of course on Patreon and has been supported by loads of new people and it's all going swimmingly well which is incredibly incredibly heartwarming and has been an amazing uh, few weeks so thank you so much to everyone who's supported on Patreon if you do want to support on Patreon you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash Final Games and thank you so much so thank you for listening to this episode of Final Games and I hope Hope to see you again next week. Until then, goodbye.